Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. Many people say that the end of the world is near. But what if we had a book that could teach us how to survive? Now Paratruth presents Heading Into the Days of Chaos with special guest L.A. Marzuli. Hey, Parafans. Welcome to another episode of Paratruth Radio. As we said last week, we are adding video to our YouTube interviews. So if you have a chance, check out the YouTube videos because there's going to be a lot more interaction. You're going to see the guests. You're going to see me. And uh, just a whole lot of extra stuff that you kind of miss with just the audio. So if you listen with Spreaker, that's great. Uh, I do encourage you guys to download the Spreaker uh, podcast radio app. And uh, listen that way because it is an easy way to stream our shows. But uh, also, like I said, we are doing the YouTube videos now, so definitely check that out. So I am running solo tonight. Uh, unfortunately, Eric had to start working on some more uh, movies. So we are definitely going to be awaiting his return. Until then, uh, I am doing a... a solo mission here until he gets back. Tonight, we have L.A. Marzulli back once again with us to talk about uh, his, his book, Days of Chaos, and also his video, Watchers 9. So if you guys get a chance, check those out. Uh, definitely a lot of information. As you guys know, when we get L.A. on, it's just loads of information that uh, just kind of boggle the mind. So without further ado, I'm going to go to the line with my guest, L.A. Marzuli. L.A., welcome back to Paratruth Radio. How are you tonight? Great to be here. Thanks for having me on. I'm good. Yourself? Doing very well. You know, uh, getting the video started and uh, we actually just announced last week that we're starting uh, a podcast network. So we are thrilled to start doing some extra stuff to uh, get the name out there. Great. Wonderful. Congrats. Thank you. So uh, as we finished up last week or last time we had you on, uh, we were talking about On the Trail of the Nephilim. Uh, this week we're talking about your new book, uh, The Days of Chaos. So uh, what kind of got you started on this book? Well, what was interesting was, as I was actually going to put that out about three years ago, um, I had already compilated much of the book, was was in text. I was getting ready to hand over a rough draft to my editor, uh, have her start you know, the editing process, and I just felt the tap on the shoulder saying, nope, put this on the back shelf, go with this, and it was on the trail of a Nephilim. And I listened to that voice and obeyed, and uh, the rest is history. That became our best-selling book. Of all times. And, and conversely, I was working on On the Trail 3, and I got the tap on the shoulder and, and another redirect, go back 
to this one and do Days of Chaos. And I think it's very apropos uh, when we look at what's going on uh, on the planet right now. Um, I've, I've never seen it so tenuous and tumultuous. And yet, you know, it's funny. A lot of people won't look at the, won't really look at what's going on. Um, and, and, and it just amazes me how I've, I've, I got a new term, the ostrich people, but that's basically what they are. They, they just want to, don't, don't tell me anything. Just give me the sports every day. You know, the same, same nonsense that, 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 that goes on. In this country, where you know jocks get on the TV sets and start talking about the teams, it's like you know there's more to life than this, folks. I mean, I get it; you make your living at it. More power to you. But I mean, it, it's important that some guy caught a football over the weekend, and ten years from now, no one's going to remember it anyway. The bottom line is, what what is going to impact people's lives, just like World War II did, is the coming World War, or than likely World War Three which seems to be ramping up in the Middle East. There's just no doubt about that. It seems to be ramping up in the Middle East. And um, it, things are escalating over there. So I'm, I'm delighted that the book is out. It's called an end times handbook because that's basically what it is. Um, it's funny. I'm, I'm being accused of, of uh, being an alarmist and spreading fear porn. I just love that. I mean, immediately, and, and I take that as a, I wear it as a badge, and I'll tell you why. Because these people who say that have never read the book. Right. They're attacking, hey, it's ad hominem attacks, attacking Ellie Marzilli's and alarmists. Okay, so let's go down the chapter headings one by one, and you tell me where I'm going wrong. I mean, earthquakes in diverse places, the Fukushima disaster, yep. the rise of the volcanic activity, the wars in the Middle East, the burgeoning UFO phenomena, um, the one billion abortions uh, on the planet and counting, the rise of lawlessness all over the planet that we see. Uh, I mean... The collapse of the dollar, the rise of the one. I'm not making this stuff up. I mean, I wish I had, you know, love, light, laughter, and rainbows to talk about, but that's not what's happening on the planet. And this is what is, is alarms me. Uh, and all I did was report from eight years of blogging. I took and cherry picked. And so there's like a progression of, of blogs over the last eight years. Mm-hmm. And then it's up to the reader himself. There's an intro and an outro. There's office sidebars in between some of these, uh, you know, uh, uh, posts that we do. And, you know, it, it's all there. Um, you know, people need to read it for themselves and decide. Um, are things escalating towards some sort of a, a climax or is it really business as usual? Well, and that's one thing that I, strive on as far as the show is concerned we both eric and i come from two different perspectives and we leave it to our listeners hey we're giving you information from both sides you guys need to decide is it one way or is it another way is it something in the middle so i completely agree with you that get the information out there and then let the people decide for themselves not only that people need to you know before they're criticizing and and all that just read through it and or watch the videos listen to the podcasts and then you decide for yourself what it is so i i completely 100% agree with you there i appreciate um, it thanks so the other thing that uh, you'd done to go with the book was watchers nine they kind of go hand in hand uh and it was probably one of the most mind-blowing videos I've seen, um, w- the first Watchers video, actually, believe it or not, that I've been able to, to watch. So um, 
how do the both of these tie together with with uh, the Days of Chaos and Watchers Nine? Well, they brought they both have the same title, Days of Chaos. What's interesting is we cover different material in the movie, the DVD, than we do in the book, which is okay. interesting. The book is the book is a solo effort on my part, Days of Chaos. Uh, Watchers Nine is a joint effort for my business partner, Richard Shaw. Fabulous direction, wonderful editing that he did in that. I mean, he really labored over these Watchers series and, and basically it's like giving birth. He holes up in his in his studio for, for, you know, maybe two or three months and that's all he does is edit, 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 edit. And he comes up, I mean, with an incredible product. This this movie, this story that he told, because, you know, he just gets a bunch of raw footage, now tell a story. So it's, you know, it's anybody can do interviews. It's another thing to weave it all together and make it interesting. And I think Rick does an amazing job at that. Um I, one of the most interesting um, interviews in the Watchers 9, Days of Chaos, is when I sat down with, um, or stood up, I should say, in an undisclosed location with Dr. Brooks Agnew. And we were talking about the, the real threat of an electromagnetic pulse weapon. Um, and this is something that, that is, is one of my greatest fears, mm-hmm. because anything with an on-off switch ceases to work. And basically where we are right here, right. none of this would be happening right. if, if we had an electromagnetic pulse. Um, we have real enemies. This, this country has real enemies. The Chicoms, the Chinese communists, are real enemies. They don't like us. Um, they are, along with the other BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, are trying to move the global default currency from the China, the American U.S. petro to the Chinese yuan. That's number one. Um, we, they hold a lot of our debt, number two. Not a good thing. Right. Um, the North Koreans hate us. Uh, we've got real enemies. Um, the fact that, that Putin and the Chaikoms are all over the Middle East right now is very telling. And notice they are siding with the Iranians, who are Shia Muslims, not the Sunnis. So right there, the line is drawn. You've got the Chaikoms and the Ruskis siding with the, with the Shia branch of the Islam, and the American and the West siding with the Sunni branch of Islam. So you've got, you've got all the makings of a, literally, a, a global chaotic war here. Yeah. If that happens, the Iranians more than likely have a nuke. Whether it was given to them by the North Koreans, we don't know, where they've already have one. Mm-hmm. Um, we are the great Satan. I wrote about this. Uh, it'll actually be in the year-end report in my news magazine, Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural, which, by the way, the new television show, ppsreport.com. www.ppspoliticsprophecysupernaturalreport.com. ppsreport.com. Uh, hopefully, we'll be broadcasting soon in undisclosed location. <laughs> but what's interesting is is the Iranians, we are the great Satan. There's no doubt about it. Israel is the little Satan, but we are the great Satan. And the Iranians would like more than to knock us uh, off our feet. Uh, remember, you know, it's funny. Donald Trump mentions things like they were dancing in New Jersey at 9-11. The Donald is right. They were dancing all over the Muslim world at 9-11. Uh, and they were dancing in New Jersey. So, you know, Rudy Giuliani can try to backpedal from that. And because the, 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 I'm kind of hopping around here, but the, the, the standard Republican um, establishment does not want the Donald because they, they can't control him. Right. And that's what's going on here. And, folks, little sidebar. And here's the deal. And I'm going to start saying this. If something happens to Trump, we all know who did it. And we're not going to stand for it this time. You got away with it in Dallas, okay? But you're not going to get away with it. And, you know, we need to, every single blogger needs to be saying that. Every single podcast needs to be saying that regardless of the politics. Because that's what's next. Because if he gets the nomination or if he gets close to it, they will 
one way or the other, try to take him out, guaranteed. I'm not the only guy who's saying this. It's already, I said it months ago on the blog, but it's already appearing now in, in mainstream sources from people who, who know that this guy is going up against the establishment. He's a Washington outsider. You want to talk about the days of chaos? No one trusts Washington. Nobody. I mean, Obama's over there taking selfies of himself and acting like, you know, I mean, it's just, the guy is an embarrassment. He's leading from behind. I mean, how about that? Leading from behind. I mean, who makes this stuff up? Yeah. Who makes this stuff up? So here's the warning. If something happens to the Donald, people need to rise up at point peacefully, but we need to rise up because just like Dallas, you know, the guy who could have changed something has been taken out by the powers that be. Make no mistake about it, my friend. There are dark, dark forces at work behind the scenes here. Everything is controlled from the news and the nonsense that we watch to the televisions and the movies that are everything to the information in our universities, which are, you know, held up as truth to our uh, young skulls full of mush, as Rush Limbaugh would call them, uh, to um, just the entire university system globally. Everything is controlled. The Darwinian paradigm is sacrosanct. And this is what I talk about in the days of chaos. We address some of this in Watchers 9, but certainly in the days of chaos, the book, you know, we, we talk about this 9-11, a Luciferian con- conspiracy. There are three chapters on, on the whole UFO the burgeoning phenomenon, the coming great deception, the idea of a great falling away, which goes back into the biblical prophetic prophetic narrative. So, I mean, mm-hmm. something is coming. I mean, the rise of lawlessness, just look at the Black Friday nonsense that we see here every year ad nauseum. You know, people, there's one clip I showed, amazing, a mother and her child. The child's got a vegetable steamer. The mother's got a vegetable steamer. So how many vegetable steamers do a family need? But that's right. beside the point. Okay. Right. They're both holding vegetable steamers and there's this chaos as these people, these people come sliding in and dive, dive tackle where the vegetable steamers are stacked up. They go all over the floor. So now you've got this woman and this, and her child is about four or five holding their vegetable steamers. All right. Maybe one was for a present. It's none of my business. Right. But they have them. Okay. Right. This woman, this woman comes running up, it's all on film, and grabs the vegetable steamer from the child's hands. Jeez. I, it's just like, what? And then there's, they start fighting. The, the two women start brawling over a $20 vegetable steamer. <laughs> this is what people do when the tree is green. They use a biblical prophetic text here. Imagine when the tree is withered where it will go. In other words, when the trucks stop rolling with the food, when you can't go get your big gulp, uh, when, when Big Macs aren't frying because the power's out, or whatever's going on, when the economy collapses, when, when the eight, when the nine or whatever it is, the trillions of dollars of debt that we are in, 19 trillion, that we're in debt, when, when the house of cards, the financial house of cards collapses, a whole chapter on this in the book, you know, then what? And you see, this is the problem. You know, people don't want to hear any, I don't blame them. I don't want to hear any of it. I really don't. But the bottom line is this is our world. And I, I consider myself a watchman. And so if I don't show and report what is going on and what I see, I'm not doing my job. And then the calamity is on my head. But as long as I'm out there and I report to you back what I see, mm. okay, I weigh in on it. I editorial on it. I get that. But that's that's my prerogative. And as an author, you're doggone right I'm going to editorialize on some of this stuff. And everything I editorialize or everything goes through that biblical prophetic lens, and that's how it comes out. The bottom line is I truly believe that we are in unprecedented, unpredictable times, unlike anything I've ever seen, and I'll be 65 in this. 
Well, and it's funny that you bring up the 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 world war up and coming world war because I've felt for quite a while now that we are leading to that because of a lot of the stuff Obama's done and uh you know just even ever since Bush was in office and we started going over to Iraq and supposedly starting the war on terrorism. Um, it's gotten worse, hasn't it? Yeah, it, it's gotten a lot worse. We're just not yeah. coming back from there. We're just continuing to keep going places in that area. And uh, it, it's funny that you bring up Trump as well because I feel that, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people that are giving a lot, a lot of guff because he talks, his he speaks his mind. And, That's right. Can't do that. And, yeah, and I, I truly believe that if he gets an office, he could possibly with – all of the flaws that he does have, he does have flaws. Uh, he could possibly turn this country around at least I halfway. <laughs> so. You know, that's that's why he's surging in the polls because people look at him and he's not politically correct. Yeah, the folks are tired of the political correct nonsense. We are all had it up to here with the double speak from the week. So when the media left left wing, you know, media yeah. in the tank, we're, we're just sick of it, and we don't trust media no one trusts congress congress is at an all-time low so we need we need a champion and the only person that's that that is echoing or i should say uh reverberating with the people is the donald Mm. a bully for the donald but as i said earlier if something happens to him man that's it we know don't give me this lone gunman nonsense anymore you know i'm tired of this lone gunman nonsense you know like like the batman shooter the batman Shooter, in my opinion, was a programmed assassin. That guy looked like he had been absolutely drugged out of his gourd, out of his gourd. And if he's a CIA agent, right, an mm-hmm. operative, guaranteed um, they'll do a switch or he'll die in prison. They'll do a facial thing and he'll be he'll be out there just like the born identity because that's exactly what it is. They tell us what's going on. We're too stupid to see it. That's yeah. exactly what's going on. And you call me and I look. I'll probably wear my tinfoil hat when I say this stuff. <laughs> but you know that's people. Oh, that's outrageous. So the government would never do that. Just think a wounded knee. You know, Obama. Now I'm going to have to round up the guns. No, you're not. That's why we have the Second Amendment, uh, Emperor Obama, and we're not going to lay down and take it. You're not rounding up anything, okay? Yeah. Here's the deal. Well, last time the government started taking guns away from people that I remember, things didn't work, work out so well for the people. And all you have to do is just Google wounded knee and find out what happens when a bunch of people that don't have guns come up against the U.S. cavalry that do have guns, that are in camped in, in, a, in a very peaceful valley. They're not doing doodly squat. They're just camped out. Okay, and it's the middle of winter, and then the government comes in with the Gatling guns and shoots everybody, men, women, and children. It was a massacre. That's the U.S. government. That's who did it. Well, we won't talk about that. Oh, well, that's that's hundreds of years ago. Well, hey, dog, God, that's that's old history. We will, we would never imagine so. How about Kent State? How about Kent State? Right. There's another one, right? You know, four dead in Ohio. Thank you, Neil Young. That's the government, folks. That's the government. Yeah. That's why we have the Second Amendment because. Tyranny and those who promulgate tyranny will never go away. That's always been on this planet, and it will continue to manifest in this planet. Remember that Hitler, Stalin, Pol Pot, and Mao, the first thing that they do is round up the guns. That's why we have a Second Amendment, and I'll get off my bully pulpit here. (laughs) So uh, one of the things that I actually came across in the book is, uh, and I remember this because it's been in my lifetime that it's happened, is the the Marian... uh, um, 
Apparitions. Apparitions, yeah. Uh, and it, it's been a common thing. Uh, it was, I believe it was the 90s where it was kind of big and starting to get into the 2000s area. Um, how do you think that ties in to, to the end, end days? I think this, these are first of all, uh, let me, let me give the Catholics who may be listening a caveat here. Um, I love the Mary of the Bible. Okay. I love Mary of the Bible. She is blessed amongst all women. I get that. She is the God bearer. I understand all that. And I have deep respect for her. However, what is manifesting on this planet, in my opinion, is not the Mary of the Bible. It's a deception. And it's dressed up in Catholic parochial clothes. And Fatima Medjugorje, uh, the apparition which I show in 2009, much more recent, at a Coptic church all, um, they're there. They're blobs of light. And uh, that's what they are. The fact that that these 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 so-called seers gory uh, messages on a daily basis is absurd. Uh, Moses talked with God face to face. The rest of the people in the Bible did not get met. No one got as many messages as these people. Right. This is from an outside source. It's channeled information, um, and they're very cunning at what they do. Um, that's why, and I've gotten arguments with, but there's miracles over there. Well, of course there's miracles. I mean, read, read Joanna Michelson's book, which is still in print after all these years, The Beautiful Side of Evil. I mean, the enemy knows how to counterfeit all this stuff. And so the Marian apparitions, with all due respect to Catholics, are not the Mary of the Bible. And when you really look at it, it'll go on like it, like it, like some of these apparitions. The messages will go like this and they'll be right in line. And so if you're going to create a deception, that's what you do. You bring the people in mm. with what sounds like the truth. And then when you've got, when you're, when you've lulled them into a, se- a false sense of security, then you throw the curveball at them. You know, well, I am now your code, you know, redemptrix. Okay. No, 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 not okay. There is no co-redemptrix. There's only one redeemer that, that Christians believe in. That's Yeshua. He's the redeemer. There is nobody who came. Only one man died on Calvary. Only one man was pierced and broken. Only one man was, you know, had a crown of thorns set on his head and uh, died a gruesome, you know, gruesome death. And I believe that his calling card remains with us on this planet and it gives us forensic evidence. And of course, I talk about the Shroud of Turin um, in, in other places in my books. But the bottom line is. With all due respect to Mary, she is not co-redemptrix, and she is not appearing over churches and in grottos, and certainly not Jugori, in my opinion. And so this is why I wrote a chapter on Marian apparitions, because this is not the Mary of the Bible. This is all part of the end times deception. In fact, Jim Tetlow and I, uh, years ago, when Jim was still alive and, and we miss him, uh, that was a loss. But, uh, you know, Jim, uh, um, Messages from Heaven was his book. Uh, we used to carry it. I think we still do in our bookstore. And uh, he also did a wonderful DVD, really well written. He, he like like uh, like myself was a former Catholic. I mean, I was raised in the Catholic Church, born again in spirit filled thirty five years ago. And so, you know, Tetlow was 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 saying all this not to bash Catholics, but to wake them up that this stuff that that has been trumped up, no pun intended, with you know Catholic clothes and made to look like. Like the real deal is, in my opinion, um, they are false apparitions. They are not, and again, I say it with all due respect, not the Mary of the Bible. And when someone really goes back, and I, I, I covered this uh, in the book Politics, Prophecy, 
Supernatural. Chris Putman borrowed most of that chapter for Exo Vaticana, uh, which was in there about the Marian apparition, specifically in, in Fatima, 1907 in Portugal. I did extensive research on that, you know, talked to people, was in the field. Um, there are two books by uh, Dear Mata. And, um, I can't think of the other guy's name, but they co-offered these, these books, Celestial, Celestial Lights, and it talks about Fatima and the events in Fatima. And those who were in the field that day in 1917, the backstory is these two kids, the three children were out, uh, they were shepherds, they were, they were young, they were all pre-pubescent teenagers, basically. Mm-hmm. 13, 12, and I think 9 or something, very young children. And they were out tending the sheep and this apparition appeared and they asked her, where are you from? And she communicated with them telepathically. Without her lips, she said, from the sky. She never said heaven the first time. She said, from the sky. That's what she said. She was wearing a short dress and she had some sort of object in her hand. All that was changed into long robes and trains, but that's not what the kids saw. And the fact that she communicated telepathically is very telling also. Right. And so this, this went on for months. And uh, it caused a great uproar in the village. And some people, you know, the mayor and they, the kids were in jail at one point. And, you know, this was all crazy. And then finally it was like, you go back to this apparition and we need a sign. And so they did. And, the, and, and this apparition said, look, uh, have everyone gather on October 13th, 1917, and we'll give you a sign. So 70,000 people show up. There are uh, newspaper reporters. There are photographers there. There's a cross-section of humanity, bankers, the clergy, the peasants, dentists, bakers. I mean, every everybody, a, a cross-section of humanity in 1917 are there. It's raining, and it'll be raining all day. So you see the black and white pictures of a sea of umbrellas as far as the eye can see. Mm-hmm. So the apparition said she'd be there at noon. Well, um, noon comes, comes and goes, and she doesn't show up. At 1 o'clock, an hour late, she shows up. And the children see her. But that's not what the crowd sees. And this is what's so great about the Armada's report. Because in that book, Celestial Lights, um, he says that we, uh, that the people, and he, and he quotes them. I looked up and saw a dull silver disc. I looked up and saw a silver disc. The two words, silver disc, are used repeatedly by numerous witnesses. What does that sound like to you? And you remember in 1917, there is no the vernacular, nothing in the lexicon like UFO or flying saucer. That comes later in the 20th century. So that's what I think it is. And yet the whole thing, the whole experience is dressed up in Catholic clothes, but that's not what people saw. And then the third, the mystery third of Fatima, which of course was never revealed. There are no secrets in the biblical prophetic narrative. There are prophecies which in some ways have laid dormant. I understand all that, okay? Maybe for thousands of years. But they're there. You can read them. But you can't read the third secret of Fatima. Even though Pope John Paul supposedly revealed it, none of us who have followed this for like, you know, 30 years, 35 years, yeah. whatever, believe that this is the real secret. That's in a box someplace and no one's ever going to get to read it. Right. There's a real disparity between the biblical prophetic narrative where everything, you can open the book up and read it, a 13-year-old kid, and, you know, what we have with the third secret of Fatima. Yeah. All right, folks. I think we're going to take our first break here. Uh, you're listening to Paratruth Radio with my guest, L.A. Marzulli, talking about his book, Days of Chaos. We will be right back after Eric's Random Fact of the Day. Now, Eric's Random Fact of the Day. We've all heard of the term Yuletide, but have you ever wondered where it comes from? According to KaplanInternational.com, The term Yuletide comes from a Norse tradition of cutting and burning a tree to bring in the winter solstice. This tradition 
was to last through twelve days, and the event later became known as the Twelve Days of Christmas. <laughs> I'm Hannah, and I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover, Sleepover Cinema. Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late '90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. See you soon. All right, folks. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin, and I've been talking to L.A. Marzuli about his book, Days of Chaos. Now, L.A., we just kind of finished up about the uh, Marian apparitions, uh, and it kind of ended with it being connected to a UFO phenomenon in, uh, I believe you said 1915, correct? 1917, Fatima, Portugal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I and you even bring it up in the book how uh, the UFO phenomenon is actually a kind of a precursor to to the end days as well. How do how do the UFOs and extraterrestrial phenomenon tie into the the biblical narrative? Well, look, the the UFO phenomenon is is the is what is manifesting in ways that that no one has even can keep up with it at this point. Mm. I mean, it's just. Uh, there are hundreds of sightings happening on a global level. Surely at some point the cat will come out of the bag. We actually may be looking at um, the what I would call the Luciferian dialectic, which will lead the synthesis will be the revealing of the so-called extraterrestrial presence. Um, shows like Ancient Aliens promulgated the ancient astronaut theory for seven or eight years. Mm. Um, the New Agers continually talk about this, and yet the the early um, fathers, dare I use that expression, of of modern ufology, J. Alec, uh, J. Allen Hynek, of course, and uh, Jacques Vallée, all put forth the idea that these were not extraterrestrials. They seemed more like interdimensional. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting when you look at what what uh, you know uh, Heineck and of course Vallee believe that because of that, um, if these are interdimensional beings, then this is a whole different kettle of fish here. I mean, right. it really is completely different. Yet, um, you know, whatever these craft are, wherever they come from, they seem to be able to morph into pretty much anything that they want to. Uh, we see all different shapes and sizes. We see them. Uh, in maneuvers, covered this in Watcher 7, some of the footage we got from Jaime Musan, uh, one where this, this craft is just like, like sitting here like this, okay? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden from both, it's spitting out balls of light, which just continue out of these like strings. What's that? We have no idea. There was another one which we call the Trident. Um, and I think Rick got it from you. But I could be mistaken, but it might have come from Jaime's treasure trove of, 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 of film clips. But, and by the way, you know, Jaime Masson, a shout out to Jaime. He's, 
just an incredible storehouse of, 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 of U, real UFO footage. And he allowed us to use a lot of that footage in Watcher 7. And of course, we gave Jaime uh, credit for it. But it's just, mm-hmm. just amazing. Thanks, Jaime, if you're watching this or here. Um, folks, check out Jaime Son's work because it's, it's, it's stellar and incredible. Jaime and I may disagree as to what uh, the cause of the phenomenon is, but we both agree that the phenomenon is real, mm. versioning and not going away. There, I said it. So, so getting back on track here is one called the Trident, and we it's way up in the sky. I mean, up in the stratosphere someplace, and you see this this object of just like lights. It's just there, not moving, and and below it are like four spheres, which are just just dangling. Like I'll use a prop, kind of like this. There's there's just four of these. Fears is one, two, three, four. They're just sitting there, and all of a sudden, what happens is the the spheres just disconnect. They all drop at the same time, like this, and start to fall in this arc. And then, as the camera's panning and following these spheres, the spheres coalesce into one and disappear. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? What the heck is that? Yeah. You see, we're looking at technology that we have no idea of how it works. Uh, to use the analogy that uh, Dr. Stan Freeman would use, which is this, take Columbus, bring him up into modernity, show him a nuclear submarine, he'd have no idea what he's looking at right. or how it worked. He'd, he'd go down to the reactor's room and he Oh my gosh, what, and you would explain it to him, well this is the atom and, you know, this is, we're splitting atoms and this is fusion right here and uh, he'd look at you like, yeah right, you know, sure. <laughs> what about, what about the wind? You know, I'm sorry, uh, Columbus, there ain't no wind. This puppy's nuclear powered. I mean, he'd have, he'd have no idea and that's analogous as to what, where we are. We, we look at the technology and we have no idea what it is we're looking at. None at all. Yeah. But we do know this, the physics behind these objects are so far beyond our physics. Um, they appear in, they make right angle turns. Um, the entities themselves appear in the room. They walk through walls. They, they abduct people and take them through windows that are closed or ceilings, which you, you can't do all this. It's beyond our physics. So they operate in ways that we don't understand. Yeah. They have the ability to, to somehow manipulate time, space, matter and energy in ways that we don't know of yet. Right. And one of the biggest things about the UFO phenomenon is I, I'm a firm believer of, of both. I believe in angels, demons, God, all of that stuff. I, I also believe that there is life on other planets, but I do not believe that they would come here to take over the world or abduct us to experiment on us. What would be the point of that? So I, I, when you said uh, last time we had you on, whether you believe it's aliens or you believe it's fallen angels, it's not that far apart. Extraterrestrial means not of this world, so Correct. it would be it would be bull. So I, when you had said that, I gained a lot of respect for for your work because you can come to a understanding with somebody whether they're from a Christian standpoint or not from a Christian standpoint. Well, and that's, I mean, but that that's what we're supposed to do, I feel. I mean, look, we're all in this game together, and just because we may disagree on on the particulars, look at look at on, on, on the particulars that we agree on. I mean, there are many particulars that we agree on. I mean, look, when Giorgio, Giorgio Sukulos and I could go, let's say, to a place like Sox Sevamon, mm-hmm. where, you know, where these ancient megalithic boulders are, these ancient megalithic stones that, you know, this 
the ink of Dopus, not a million years, okay? Right. And an archaeologist or anthropologist worth his salt would, would side with us. And Giorgio and I would, would be right in lockstep the whole way, you know, and, 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 and much of what we were talking about. The only difference is I would call it fallen angel technology, Nephilim architecture, and Giorgio would say, these are, you know, these are the gods of the ancient world. Well, he's right. So once again, you know, when you, when you say that, what are we really talking about? We're really not that far apart. We're just like, it's just a matter of semantics. And, you know, it's like at some point we're going to see, you know, which, how it all falls down. I, I think it may be in the near future. Who knows? Right. Well, go, going to Watchers 9, uh, since the, both day, Days of Chaos is the book and then the title of Watchers 9, uh, one thing that I found fascinating throughout Watchers 9 is you talked to um, s- several Jewish rabbis, you talked to a Native American shaman or a uh, uh, leader, and uh, all of them have this... Uh, end times prophecy that that they are seeing come to fruition so whether you're christian jewish uh native american even the muslims have an end time thing but they feel that it's the opposite that we're the enemy and not the other way around um how do you when you were talking to both of those sides the jew the jewish community and the native americans um did you see a lot of ties that tie into Christiana, uh, Christianity in their end times beliefs? Well, Chief Joseph, um, you know, comes, weighs in, um, Chief Joseph Riverwind, mm-hmm. uh, who's a Native American war chief uh, from the Tiano tribe. And um, he, he, in his book, um, which which is a fa- fabulous book, by the way, that's what the old ones say. Uh, he sort of tongue-in-cheek says that, you know, he discovered Columbus wandering around the ocean. <laughs> His people were the first people that Columbus met, oh, literally. Okay. That's, that's, that's the tribe he's from. And these Native American prophecies, which, you know, which were, came through dreams, um, and visions to different tribes. And a lot of them, I believe, and he believes also, which is why we interviewed him, seem to dovetail into the prophetic, uh, the biblical prophetic narrative that we see in the Bible. Uh, I think there's warnings. Look, I get warnings from people all the time. People are having dreams. They're mm-hmm. seeing visions. They are. And and what's coming is not good. Everyone's seeing pretty much the same thing. So I think the Most High God is warning people. Um, I think with in, with the rabbis, which is a whole different ball of water. Right. We're looking at Gematria, uh, and they're, they're saying that Messiah will come in March of 2016, basically. That's what they're saying. Um, we'll see whether that proves to be correct or not. Um, you know, their Messiah, they're looking for the Messiah's uh, coming the first time. For right. those of us who were Christian, we already believe he came. That's okay. At some point, there will be a great reconciliation. Now, when I say that, I said that with all due respect. Um but I think that the biblical passage, they will look on him whom they have pierced and mourn for him as an only son, uh, written in the book of Isaiah thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago before the advent of the Messiah the first time. Uh, I think that that's what that, that, that prophetic narrative is, is pointing to, that they will look, the nation of Israel collectively will look on whom they have pierced and mourn. It will all come down. It's what I call it the great reconciliation because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, it's funny. Israel is blinded. And I say this with all due respect to my Jewish friends. Look, I'm not, I'm not trying to do anything here. I'm not trying to convert anybody. Okay. Bang anybody over the head with 
the Bible. That's between you, your conscience, and your God, whatever you may conceive of. And I'll say I'll use it there, okay? Because it's it's user friendly. Uh, for me, you know, mine is Yehovah and His Son Yeshua, or Yesu Christos, or Jesus the Messiah. See, people have trouble translation. Oh, Jesus isn't His name. Well, look, if if I was Spanish, okay, like let's say, right, my and my name was Umberto, I would translate that to Robert in English. Well, Yeshua is the Hebrew, all right, the Aramaic name Yeshua, and from there the Greek is Yesu Christos. Okay? And then from Jesus, you get Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. So you, we can tap dance around that right. and, you know, and poke each other in the eye all we want, but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line is, without trying to bang anybody over the head, um, at some point, um, and, and I find this interesting when I, when I have dialogue with, with, with many people, new agers, you know, people that are adamantly, no, I, I, I don't believe in this stuff. Well, have you ever read the Gospel of John? Well, no, I never have. Well, then, how can you possibly form an opinion on something which you've never read? Same thing when, when a, a rabbi will, will, will challenge me, and I'll just go, look, all I'm asking you is, you, I know because you can't read it, because if you read it, you would be cursed and anathema, I understand that. But you don't even know what's in there, and yet you're judging it without reading and you know because you're a smart guy that that's crazy. But yet you've never read the narrative of the Gospel of John. That's all. It's just a letter. Read it. It's an account of what happened. You decide. You read it, and then you decide. What you're looking at anybody with an intelligent, you know, intelligence would do that. But there's like a blindness. There's like people get their hackles up. Oh, I, I know about it, but I've never read it. Well, that's that's ignorant, and it's also arrogant to think that that somehow you'd be able to decipher what's in it. In anything without reading it, like when people ask me, "Have you read the Quran?" No, not in t- not in total. I've read parts of it, but I've never read the whole thing cover to cover. That's on my list of things to do for 2015. I have read certain parts of it, yes, um, not a great deal of it, but I have read parts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, some parts of the Quran make you know are sound like it's like it's okay, just like parts of the Bhagavad Gita sound okay. But when taken in total, it doesn't compare, in my opinion to what we find in the biblical prophetic narrative, which has that thread of prophecy from Genesis to Revelation, uh, which is called out our priority and with great specificity by what I believe is the God of the universe, the real one. So there's a disparity between all these things, and I'll stop here because I can keep going down more rabbit trails. <laughs> well, one thing we love to do on this show is rabbit trails. <laughs> I completely understand. Um, so... In the long run, like going from front to back of the the uh, days of chaos, at the end you say, you know, how should we live? Uh, let's try and uh, break that down a little bit. You know, as far as how should we live now? How should we live in the final end days? You know, um, and just kind of tie it all together. Well, I think that the first thing is a person really needs to come to an understanding, a grips of the biblical prophetic narrative. Um, they need to understand that what is what was written is coming to pass. What was foretold is unfolding. Um, that's a quote that I came up with a little over a year or two ago. What was written will come to pass. What will uh, what it was what was foretold will unfold, and that's exactly what we're seeing. And it would do well for people to become familiar 
with the biblical prophetic narrative so they can begin to see the signs for themselves mm. and to judge for themselves, are we living in the last of the last days? And in my opinion, we are. It's, it's, it's so obvious, it's just ridiculous to me. But that's, you know, I have to live with that, and that's why I wrote the book. Right. Um, that's the first thing, is to understand uh, and come to an understanding of the biblical prophetic narrative. The next thing a person needs to, to come to grips with is, is, you know, his or hers own depravity. And what do, what do we do with that depravity? And that's where Yeshua comes in. That's where the whole um, sacrifice on Calvary, which is a Incredibly cosmic. It's incredibly cosmic when you really get into it. What really transpired there, and by giving our life to Him and accepting Him, um, we get in turn from that. Um, not only is all our little nasties forgiven, all of our sins, our depravity, that stuff is forgiven. But we have eternal life. That's what we're promised. Not some crazy vampire nonsense that the kids are all into, but real, real, real eternal life, you know, eternal life to spend eternity. This body will decay, but I'm promised a new one, uh, one that's glorified, one that will look like this, but much younger, um, and without the aches and pains that I have as a 65-year-old man. <laughs> yeah. So I, I long for those days. On a more practical level, a person needs to understand that if the uh, caca hits the fan, the federal government is not going to come riding in to save the day. And if they do, you might not want them anyway. Right. Um, you know, so uh, a good a good supply of food and water is essential. Uh, part of like-minded individuals is essential. And understanding that uh, um, if things really go south, um, guns, that's, you're going to need to be armed because you're going to need to protect your loved ones because there are people... You see, you know, I was on a show. It was really interesting where this the host was was um, challenging me, you know, so in saying like, "Well, L.A., you know, it's like, it, what about leaving people in a positive way and love, light, laughter, and rainbows and all this other stuff?" And I just said, "Look, we are in the midst of a regime change, and I should have prefaced this whole show by saying that that what we are in the midst of is a regime change. That the 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 God, little G of this world, has come to rob and kill and destroy." And because of that, the regime change is, is about to take place. He's about to get to get deposed and bring it on. It can't happen soon enough, in my opinion. In the meantime, what's interesting is, as I said to him, I said, well, so you don't think mankind is depraved? No, he said mankind, the typical humanistic um, approach, mankind is inherently good. Okay, what's wrong with that? Let's 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 just take that statement that mankind is inherently good. You can dismantle that in less than 30 seconds. Do you have a police force in, in your city or town? Well, yes, I do. Why do you need a police force if mankind is inherently good? Right. Well, because if we don't, because there's criminal, excuse me, because of what? Because of what's out there? Because the criminals are out there and there's a Percentage. Well, that's not everybody. Else. Oh, I get that, but it's it's a portion of society who have right. given themselves over to it, and the other portion of society. There are many people who don't digress, who don't break the law because of the threat of the police. Right. If you if you if that goes away, you will have complete and utter anarchies on the freeways in this country. <laughs> if you didn't have highway patrol, you'd have total anarchy on the roads. That's what you'd have. Yeah. 
complete disregard for anybody else. You'd have shooting. Well, you already have shootings, and that's that's with a police force. Right. You know, you got road rage. I mean, you know, and mankind is basically good. So, look, we are in the midst of a regime change. It's coming down. Um, I think I've stated pretty pretty clearly what a person needs to do. Uh, get right with the guy upstairs. I mean, I can't say it plain, a plainer than that. Right. All right, folks, we're going to take another quick break, and uh, we're going to finish up with L.A. Marzulli. But first, your paranormal headlines. And now, Paratruth Radio's Paranormal Headlines. Hey, parafans. Justin here with your paranormal headlines. And these headlines are from AlteredDimensions.net. Levitating cars in China. Mysterious, invisible force lifts autos or cable stuck in street sweeper. A bizarre video emerged this week showing cars on a busy Chinese street bouncing, rolling, and levitating via some mysterious unseen force. Chinese officials quickly explained away the video claiming the cars were moved by a cable that had become entangled in the rotating broom of a passing street sweeper. Others, however, have found no evidence of a cable in the video and note that despite tossing two large vans and an automobile about, the street sweeper moves not one inch. In the video, which was recorded in the city of Zingtal, you see two approaching vans suddenly thrown violently into the air before slamming back down to the road again. According to Chinese officials, a cable had been laying across the road for an upcoming repair job. The passing street sweeper pulled the cable tight, lifting the cars as they drove over it. Mysterious ghost ships arrive on Japan's shores, full of decomposing bodies and skeletons. During the months of October and November 2015, at least 11 decaying wooden ghost ships have been found drifting in the sea of Japan carrying a disturbing load, the decomposing, skeletonized bodies of dozens of dead people. All bodies on the boats were partially skeletonized, two bodies were headless, and one boat contained six skulls. The first ghost boat was found in late October. Then in November, ten more were discovered floating aimlessly in the Sea of Japan. Japan's Coast Guard are unsure where the ships came from, but given markings on some of the boats, believe they may have arrived from the waters of Korea. And this has been Justin with your Paranormal Headlines. This was a segment of Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. Alright folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin, and I've speaking, been speaking to L.A. Marzulli about his book, Days of Chaos. Now, L.A., uh, before we finish up, I did want to give you a chance to tell everybody where they can find you, find the new uh, TV show, and all of your great books. There's there's the book, Days of Chaos, and you can avail yourself of this in Watchers 9 uh, by going to uh, www.lamarzulli.net. 
lamarzuli.net. I blog almost every day, um, and that's at lamarzuli.wordpress.com. Uh, the new show is www.ppsreport.com. P-P-S, Paul, Paul, Supernatural Report. Dot com. Politics, Property, and the Supernatural. That's what the PPNS, PPSReport.com. www.ppsreport.com. And that TV show will be on Roku, on YouTube, on the blog. Uh, hopefully before, before the first of the year. Um, we'll see, but, but, but soon we're, we're getting close to getting up and running and we are really excited about that. I'm very excited for you as well, and I hope that it all goes well for you. Uh, so, uh, hopefully we can get you on when you finally get that up and running and, uh, hear how it's going. Thank you, uh, Justin. But for right now, thank you so much for being on again and telling us about the days of chaos, and I hope you have a good night. Thank you, Justin. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Take care. All right, folks, that was L.A. Marzulli, author of Days of Chaos, as well as Watchers 9. And L.A. has agreed to give away a copy of Watchers 9, as well as Days of Chaos, to one of our listeners. Uh, I will put it up on Facebook for you guys to just first person to uh, comment on the the post of the show that they want a copy of Watchers 9 and Days of Chaos, and I will get that copy out, or I actually, LA will get that copy out to you, uh, and, uh, definitely read it, uh, watch Watchers 9, a lot of information, uh, and, uh, it was a lot to, to take in, um, so on that note, guys, uh, we've got a, gr- a lot of great new stuff coming up for you. As we announced last week, uh, we have uh, Paratruth Radio Network starting at the beginning of the year. Uh, we wanted to announce that uh, the, we have two shows coming on with us with the Paratruth Radio Network. Uh, we're going to be having Talk Supernatural and Tie Girl for God. Both of those shows, Heidi and Scott and Jerry are going to be on with us as well as our usual uh, S-Files and uh, Paratruth Radio as well. And we are super excited for it. We can't wait for it. So with that being said, uh, Eric is gone for this week and next week. Uh, he will be back on for our Christmas episode uh, as well as our New Year's episode, which is going to be a roundtable discussion with uh, Justin from The Fourth Watch, uh, Heidi and Scott from Talk Supernatural, Jerry from Tiger Girl for God Radio, as well as Kay from Deception Detection Radio. So I hope all you guys are looking forward to all these great things. As I said at the beginning of the show, we also have started doing video for our YouTube listeners and um, definitely a lot of great things coming for you. Uh, next week, we are actually having on Heidi uh, from Talk Supernatural to talk about her uh, book, uh, Daughter of Siva. And uh, she's got a great story to tell, so I don't want you guys to miss any minute of it. So make sure you come and listen next week, same time, same channel. My name's Justin. Talk to you later, guys.
If you enjoyed this episode of Paratruth Radio and you would like to listen to it again or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can listen to them on HD at our website, paratruthradio.com. And you can also find us at Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, and YouTube. And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for brand new updates of our show every day. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it.